This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, I'm Ana Cañadel. I'm a co-founder of Become As Well. I'm an architect, and what I like about fashion, I think that maybe because I'm an architect, is it's that it's very touchable, very, very fast. And, and what I like it about technology and fashion technology, it's the huge challenge that we have right now in our hands. Hi, I'm Alba Garcia, a co-founder of Become, and I'm the product directory of Become, not only as a design part, but also as a commercial part. And I think that what I love about fashion, it's that creative part of colors. I mean, how you feel emotion maybe with a color, the correct color of maybe that blue sweater that you have. This is one of the things that I love about fashion, colors. From New York City, you're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Mark Rako, and with me, as usual, most of the time, is Rob Sanchez. Hey, Rob. Hey, y'all. Nice to be back in the studio with you, and also yeah. with us, our good friend and our fellow host, Ms. Natalia Makalova. Hello, Natalia. Hello. I don't know why I felt the name to uh, the need to say your entire name, but it's just fun. It's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> and also with us, um, how about this, is uh, the host of American Fashion Podcast, Mr. Charles Beckwith, also his whole name. Hi, Charles. Hi. <laughs> how you doing? Pretty good. I'm excited to be here. Wrong show, but uh, right conversation. I believe it's the right show, Charles. <laughs> wow, wow. We, we differ on that. We've differed on that for a long time, Mark. Um, so uh, it was so nice to have you here, Charles. Bye. <laughs> anyway, good to have you here. Also with us, of course, Alba and Anna. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Hello. Thank Hi. you very much. So um, I'd like to uh, start with this quick question and turn it over to the rest of the group for the group conversation. What was important to you? Here you are. You're from Barcelona and mm -hmm. we're here in New York. You've been here all week and we're one of your last stops on your visit here. Uh, why was it important for you to be in New York and make sure that you made the most of your time here? Well, I think that it's the opportunity that all the New Yorkers has with us. Just They always have 20 minutes, half an hour to understand what are we are doing and what are we are looking for. And it just stay here and say that we are, we are from Barcelona, but we exist and, and we can help all the brands to make sustainability possible. So, Is that the main message, Alba, that you've been telling people when you sit down for 20 minutes? What are you trying, hoping that they will get from you when that 20 minutes is over? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just that New York is New York. I mean, New York is New York for everyone. So people here, I think that it's open to hear new ideas. I think that you are more brave than in Europe, actually. And this is one of the good things about being here, that, that you are free to listen and that you are are, are good to, to, to try new things. So this is definitely one of the main good things about being here. I'd love to hear a bit about what you're working on, what you're tackling right now. Basically, become it's about making sustainability easy. We are trying to respond to the eternal question of what sustainability is with numbers, with real numbers there. So we are the new coaching for sustainability for that brands that want to be brave and want to lead the change. This is a general idea. Then we can speak deeply the different services, but make sustainability easy once for all. 
Can you really make sustainability easy? Do you think it's even possible? I am sure, actually. I am sure with the correct knowledge, correct know-how, thanks to big background on fashion industry, applied with the right tech. I hope so. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for your work. <laughs> Is it getting easier to create startups in Barcelona? Or are they putting laws in place and, and financing in place that makes it easier to, to start new businesses? I know it was difficult for a long time. I think that it's nothing to see as a New York or American startups. Uh, it's very hard, but it's it's positive as well because in Barcelona we we have the tools we have the the knowledge and we are positive on that as well and and of course maybe raising money it's it's more difficult uh we the economy in Spain it's not the same as here but definitely it's a challenge but yeah it just give us all the all the energy to to go around the world and and find or the money or the partners we we think that the the industry the fashion industry it's globally so Maybe you could describe exactly what it is that your company is offering. Uh, to, let's break it down for us. Let's start in the most basic of ways. What exactly do you do? We are a sustainability as service platform. And it, this platform is able to evaluate, measure, trace, and analysis each of the product of a collection of a brand. So the regular, like, SAP system or, or, or management system of supply chain, we are applying that into sustainability. So you're looking at, is it a score-based system or is it like One of the numbers? parts, yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing is that this platform gives you the opportunity to have a 360 degrees of sustainability. One of the services that we are offering is evaluation. Evaluation based on a rating, on a, on, on a rating that we already uh, classified based on, again, data. I mean, we are not putting ratios and evaluation on a subjective way. Everything is objective and, and science-based. So we can give you the correct evaluation. We do evaluations in four main indicators, four main perspectives. Planet evaluation, which cover all the environmental impacts going through all the value chain from kilometer zero to point of sale. Then we have other people, which cover all the social part, how it's uh, been manufactured in terms of label, ethical conditions, also health and secure. Then we have all the transparency, which cover all the traceability, how has been easy or not easy to go through all the value chain, which is one of the most complex value chains of the world. And then the fourth one is circularity. I mean, I think that fashion fashion industry, yes, it's true. It's one of the most uh, polluting industries of the world. Their impacts on waste are huge, but also is one of the big potential in these industries to be transformed into circularity. So definitely is one of the fourth evaluation that we deeply take into account. So the rating is one of the services of yeah. the platform. And when you're saying it's science-based, are you testing certain fibers and so on, let's say for the planet impact? Are you um, doing ratings and lab tests on them or are you Not simply reporting tests. off of what they're doing? Science-based in terms of how, um, where do we get the database of life cycle analysis? I don't know. Anyone, does everyone here knows what a life cycle analysis is? Well, the listeners may not, so you need to tell them. Okay. So life cycle analysis is putting numbers in terms of how many, the climate change, the emission on climate change, the liters uh, use, toxicity, and then waste through all the value chain. All the value chain means uh, from raw material extractions to to point of sale, meaning mm -hmm. uh, raw material extraction, uh, wet processes, material processing, manufacturing, cut, logistics. So we cover 
all the value chain and we put the numbers, the correct environmental numbers there. Yeah. When we said data science means that all the data that we use to make that life cycle analysis has been contrasted and has been approved by, for example, UNESCO or a Spanish university. Okay. What's the largest number of data points you would have on a fashion brand where they would be able to, to look at the numbers? Maybe on average, uh, around 50, 50 processes on average, meaning uh, 50 processes per each of the countries, per each of the indicators. So a lot of data there. So the, the brand can then show their score to their customers, right? Exactly. That's a that's a final step of what we of our value proposal. Not only having those information for themselves, but also to share customers and finally inspire them to be more responsible and more aware of what they are buying. And you're gamifying it for the brand so they can improve their scores because you tell them you're coaching them on how to improve their scores and make things more sustainable. Exactly. This is another services, making strategic plan across the supply chain to give them the mm -hmm. correct solution. So. Finally, we are we are providing brands real solutions of how to apply sustainability performance on their value change. Anna, I'd like to direct this question to you. What do you Tell think? Me. What What do you think is something that that really made you want to start this? Like, what inspired you to start this actually complex process of evaluating uh, brands like this? very left brain approach to the fashion industry because you're coming from more strategic, right? And like business consulting side. Yeah, well, um, before we start this software and this tool for, for all the brands, uh, we, we used to work as a consultant right. and like a, like a trader for agent suppliers to introduce their products, mm -hmm. their sustainable products to, to Europe. And a year ago, we just fix it that there are a lot of amazing products uh, around the world. There are uh, lovely brands that are doing things amazing. And what we are, our goal, our mission is just to improve that that products and, and also explain the story and the impacts of that product. So stop doing more products, just explain that and and try to help them to be as sustainable as possible. Do you think there's the more opportunity in like changing the approach to making products or in incremental changes inside of existing products? I think that it's a pen of the brand. I mean, there are brands that they 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 birth they they started as a sustainable on on the base, but there are a lot of brands that they are not sustainable, but they they wanted to do that. Otherwise, they they start losing all all the customers and, and all the potential that they already have. So uh, I think that it's impossible to keep producing as we have been producing a long time ago. So it's time to change. It's time to transformation. And, and of course, it's, it's available for any kind of brands being sustainable to, to improve it or, or to explain to the customers how sustainability they are, that brand or that product. And also, if they are not sustainable at all, just the starting. No, it's it's important also to put some focus and say, okay, maybe I'm not sustainable, but my action plan in 2020 or 2025 it's to reduce these and these. No, the the compromise for the brand to to change. Are you a unique solution like this? Are you the only thing like this right now? In terms of giving the 360 degrees, yes, we are. Mm -hmm. We are because. There are very, 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 very incredible platforms that are doing 
great blockchain that are doing great communication that are doing super good life cycle analysis but i think that we are giving an approach of this 360 recipe which it's quite unique actually do you think that's just because you you happen to think of it you happen to design it or has something happened that has made it the right time for something you know for this to be able to exist uh, the business opportunity is there but actually we are not doing this because of the business opportunity we are doing this because we love fashion and we think it's the only way that fashion can survive. I mean, pressures and costs on value chains are incredibly enormous. Brands does, are losing market share because they're producing and manufacturing products that customers don't believe it. So they need to change a lot of things. And before change, they need to understand what's behind there. We are doing this because we think that it's the only way of fashion survival. And of course, the world environmental aspect, which is, I mean, this is one of the big problematics that we have right now, how the future is being compromised because we live in a world of limited resources. So we need to put some hmm. sense there. Actually, it's 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 great because we, we are conversation with a, a big brand that um, where we are trying to just to, to finalize well to fix the, the contract and and during that conversation that I just call us and say I just trying to do some business with UK brands with um, blockchain brands and no one are giving the numbers right. and and right now your company are, are give me the solution that that I need for now because if I if I have that, these numbers, then they can go to the each department of the brand asking for the change. That means the raw material, the colors, the packaging, the way that transport, the timings, and everything. But they need that numbers to take that decision and and just prove it. And when the numbers are on the table, it's nothing to say. The numbers are numbers. So what's the cost and process of finding the numbers? And, uh, before yeah. answering your question, I also would like to, to remark that for us, it's not about competition. We don't have competition because we don't see competitors as competitors. We see competitors as potes potential collaborators. I mean, changing fashion industry is changing an entire ecosystem and we are not going to do this alone. So this is important to be very clear mm -hmm. on that. Every Everyone, it's a potential collaborator for for our objective. So maybe that goes a little bit into what I was asking too. Are you able to incorporate some of those other systems that are out there into the rating system? We are willing to actually. Okay. And then um, how are you actually deriving the numbers and what's the cost on that? Is it something that a small brand can participate in because there's an existing body of work or is it um, really going through and testing and and learning and so on any kind of brands can be part of of become uh we will love that all the brands pass through become just to know the the real results uh of course small brands are more than welcome medium brands big brands any kind of brands that wanted to change or wanted to, to tell what are they doing well right now yeah we are targeting brands in three kinds of animals. This is quite funny. The first ones are the squirrels, which are like small, medium brands, but they are like tick, 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 doing super great, like just achieving steps by what step. What was that sound there? The second ones are the sharks. I mean, everyone knows about fast fashion, but they have so much to say and they have so much to change that it's also uh, how we are approaching them. It's quite challenged, but we are very brave to 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 
to go ahead with that challenge. And the third one are the unicorns, you know, that brands that are have born in the sustainability basis and are doing super great. Like, for example, I don't know, All, All Birds, no? which is a huge headline in, in that terms. So this is the kind of three targets that we that we cover, covering all the, all the brands. Yeah. Do you do the same kind of report for them or um, you customize every report for the needs of each brand? Because the footwear brand would have obviously one data and then the fashion accessories would be different. Um, in general, we have like some basis that covers all the brands. Then, of course, we have some personalizations in terms of, I mean, it's not the same if we are working for a brand which covers only T-shirts than shoes, of course, or maybe bags. So, uh, but. 80% it's more or less covered by the same because that fi finally we're, the evaluation will be the same. Of course, all the final part, all the KPIs that we were talking about, how strategically they can move forward sustainability, it's very uh, de dependable on the kind of product, brands, if it's a squirrel, unicorn or shark. Right. So I'm a little disappointed that the shark and the unicorn didn't have sounds also. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> honestly, yes. I, no, I, I okay. need to think about it. Oh, there's a great song. I don't know. It's Baby Shark. Well, but. the unicorn has a limited footprint. That's the advantage of being a sustainable company. Oh, I see. I see what, I see what you did there, Charles. Very nice. So um, that's ours. Before we continue, uh, it is a tradition on the show uh, for our guests when we're in the studio to uh, – Bring a little something for all of us to share, a chance to break bread, have a little snack, and often there's a, a story behind uh, why they brought what they did. So I'm curious. You've been very busy in New York, but there's a lot of opportunities to grab some food. Did, did you happen to bring a snack along that might inspire us as in some way? The reason of the snack? Well, actually, honestly, we had a super busy week, and we uh, – uh, uh, I'm sorry because maybe we could do we could have done better, but <laughs> the idea of that is nice is that we I we pick panettone uh, because it's not a very uh, Spanish uh, tradition, but it is a tradition uh, in my house thanks to my husband who loves panettone, and and thanks to him uh, we every Christmas at that time we start eating panettone every day for two months. So that's the reason why to start the Christmas time now uh, with the panettone. And of course, I mean, chocolate, it's like, well, uh, we need to put some chocolate in our lives. I, I, I bring as well some um, Mikados. It's nothing healthy. It's I'm sorry, it's not uh, sustainable. Well, but... that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I bring that because, uh, well, we are entrepreneurs. We, yes. we fly with an airline that uh, the food was not included, and my mom buy for us a few few snacks. Just okay, just eat something uh, during the flight, and we didn't. So I I give my mom's mikado for all of you as well, <laughs> that you. we can share it. Coming up, uh, we'll find out about the uh, reliability of numbers and and how you can really trust them. The great nature of the report itself and what it looks like, and also where's the platform. Heading into the future, what's the next plan? That's all up next. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. 
I'm thinking about these platforms, and, and there's a lot of platforms for the fashion business now. A lot of them are showing up. How much of your process of generating the information for the reports is automated at this point? How much software have you actually built? And um, how automated do you intend your platform to become? Okay. Uh, well, actually, the, the, the software at the end, it's a mix between data and algorithm. Uh, like, are you using a lot of Excel spreadsheets or? Yeah, we use our, we have our own algorithms for all the um, lifecycle analysis. Right now, in terms of code phone, uh, we already develop around 85% and, and probably next next weeks will be 100% done and, and, oh, wow. and you will be welcome to, to just navigate to, to that so dashboard and, and all the software. What did you use to build the, the platform? Lifecycle analysis, we have our own source of information, which covers the major uh, base databases, ones for regular life cycle, like, for example, EcoInvent, and another one's based on contrast data uh, from text exchange database or whatever kind of database that we consider and how we contrast this information. What we do is we put, because you know, for example, with uh, the data of the liters of the raw material extraction for organic cotton results that is super different between the different bases that we work with. So we put there know-how. So we once we validate it in our database, it's contrast through the original source of information, our know-how, and some results that we have already tested before. So everything in contrast, then we, we said, okay, now we are going to validate this data. And this data goes through organic cotton. And this we do it through all the process. I mean, we have a database of maybe from kilometer zero to point of sale. We have covered like, I don't know, maybe 200 processes because we are putting a lot of details in terms of which is the kind of dyeing, which is the kind of process, which is the kind of spinning, which is the kind of raw material, plus all the countries, plus all their really details. So we cover each of the detail and we kind of set up database in terms of the three guarantees that I already explained. So that database, it's review monthly. So we are sure that that information, it's information that it's the one that we really think. Of course, this is in, this is a life. I mean, every month uh, it's review. Every month we add some new data. Every month maybe some data could change if we made a mistake in in the data. So it's very important uh, that part of how we put in contrast the data. And how long does it take for a brand to to do the initial onboarding with your your system? How long does it take them? Is do they they do you know? hundreds of pages of forms or is it no. a simple interface? Uh, the form is super simply because this is one of the things that uh, we think that it's very important to make easy this 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 first step. Maybe covers like 40 questions, but very visual, very easy, very digestible for the brand to put all the information there. For each product, maybe can took, I don't know, around 15 minutes, 10 minutes, uh, super easy. Because one of the things that we do, and this is one of the good things about Become, is that we classify the collection through suppliers. So maybe we can pack the collection, maybe, I don't know, collection that have 1,000 reference, we pack that 1,000 reference in 8, 9, 10 
12 groups. So we have that form divided into sections. Section 1, which is transversal through all the groups. So, for example, that groups cover same manufacture process, same dyeing process, but uh, have different detailed designs. So that, that transversal part cover all the data which covers the similarities between the groups. And then the other section, it's the details on buttons, colors, weight, whatever. So this is very easy for brands because they kind of target their own um, collection so they can apply to the data more easy. And it's important to say that uh, for a brand to get that result, to get a life cycle analysis, if they are doing internally, uh, took a lot of months So because they, they it's, it's so hard to get that data. So probably a brand can spend easily between six to 12 months to get a result. And we can solve this for just a few weeks. So it just to, it's important to keep it in mind because we, we already worked on the data and updated that data and makes the, the switch easy. So really, you're, you're becoming an outsourced vendor for this information. Yeah, basically. So over time, you'll become stronger and stronger as a value proposition too, because it'll speed up that acquisition. Are you also using it to push on um, like vendor onboarding early on? Are you going to factories and saying, if you do this, people might be more likely to buy you and, and so on to get deeper into that life cycle? Definitely the second step. I okay. mean, we need to move forward on what become can offer and we we are working now on how we can nominate and ensure the good suppliers based on our own databases and our own life cycle analysis definitely this is a thing that we have on mind we are not taking out this service right now but putting solutions in a supply map nominating the correct suppliers based on our life cycle analysis. This is definitely one of our objectives for next year. And how do you handle issues with self-reporting? So if, if brands are going through and, and setting up like what their products are, are you double-checking that work as well? And Yes, but actually brands doesn't want to make self-reporting. Or, or if they want, I mean, our point is... Don't waste time not focusing on your core business. You are doing super great in designing incredible products. Let's You can outsource with the right partner on sustainability and have better results, more quickly, more specific, and of course, with in cheaper cost. So there is no sense of that mm -hmm. at-home reporting. How do you guys put this data in this, such a digestible way because I've seen the report and you guys showed me before the meeting and it looked really impressive and I've seen a lot of reports on industry and they're just unreadable and undigestible and you guys managed to design it in a beautiful and simple way. What's your core ways of making that decision? Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, I think that uh, become we really know where where we're strong and and we're really strong in terms of measurements and also in terms of interpretations, mm. basically for that, because it's important that the person who, who needs to read that number just get it very fast and very visual um, yeah. to communicate and, and to take the decisions. Yeah, because again, for me, it's more of like a creative side of the business side of fashion industry. It's still very difficult to like see the numbers and understand them right away. So you're able to put it in a way that is so 
easy to get it right away without even asking you questions. Um, so good job on that. I think this is one of the key it. for us. I right. mean, we, we don't have, uh, if, if we would say, okay, let's focus on one thing, definitely make, make it numbers adjustable. It's one of the things. And we were very, very clear on that. And the reason why it's because we've been there. We've been there in terms of designers. We've been there in terms of buyers. We've been there in terms of traders, in terms of suppliers. Right. And we really didn't know what is going on there because we didn't understand it. So it was one of the main uh, drivers maybe to make it more digestible because mm. we speak the same language as the industry. So we can offer what they really need. And it's not easy. It was was a challenge to, to do that. So we're still improving every time but thank you for your compliment will this information become public at some point for certain brands and would you be uh, open to share bigger reports on like a uh, consolidated reports on the industry that the press can use later on yeah of course uh, we are open to to share it always we have agreement with the brand uh, right we always need to be um, agree uh, Mindful both, both parts but yeah definitely yeah. Uh, they, we will think they... about transparency yeah. Sorry, do, do they have to share their initial score when you go through the first process and say, this is where you are? Is there some contractual obligation that they have to report that or you have to be allowed to share it or, or are they allowed to work on it first? In terms of, of contract is they only can publish the information that that we write and the report, <laughs> but no, 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 not only. So if they don't want to, to publish, it's the decisions. The, so it's the brand's decision the brand's whether decisions. to release any information that you give them. Yeah. Nevertheless, okay. regarding that point, it's very important that you take this out because there is a law in Europe which uh, nowadays it's mandatory that the companies with more than 500 employees mm -hmm. needs to declare annually their non-financial reports. Uh, this regulation, I I am sure that will be uh, mandatory for all the industry sooner or later. And what we are trying also to do here uh, at Become is we are trying to do reports that are useful. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not that the law said, and I supposed to, to present that, not. It's more than that. I mean, I want to go through it. I want to make reports that are useful for me, for my company, for my team. And, and, and of course, to convert that supply chain into sustainability. So reports, I mean, right now, it's okay. The brands can choose, but I think that Sooner or later, the brands will not be able to choose and it will be mandatory for all the brands. And we become, will be there, of course. Yeah. It's interesting because the name of your company is Become, which to me at least signifies a journey, a transformation. Mm -hmm. So my question is, you just, you just mentioned a little bit about a change. Is that the journey or the transformation the company envisions? That's sort of part one of what I want to ask. And related to that, you know, Natalia and I, before this interview, we were just kind of chatting about what you're doing and talking about the idea that, you know, what you're doing relates to, it's a tool for brands, really, and I guess ultimately the consumer it impacts. But still it's the consumer that that will truly drive change, their desire to even care, their interest in this information and how it makes a, a difference. So my question is, is, is part of this journey moving the consumer and how are you envisioning the future of your company, you know, where that journey goes 
for that to be a part of it. Yeah, it is. It is definitely. Uh, we believe on transformation and, and we believe as well that the customers actually are, are asking for that transformation and and they wanted to buy the things for the other way that has been buying before. And and yeah, definitely becoming a transformation uh, for fashion industry. A transformation to what? I know that may seem obvious, but I, yeah, I'd like to hear sorry, how, yeah, how you're thinking Yeah, transformation to, to make more sustainable. It doesn't make sense to keep producing or, or buying uh, as we are doing right right now or, or in the past. And and yeah, of course, it's it's a transformation to to do better at the mm. end. Transformation for sustainability way of raw material extraction, for transparency, for uh, not good social conditions, but excellent social conditions to gender equity. I mean, there is a lot of things to be done there for a good transformation at that lens it's circularity it's 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 taking uh, the bad side of fashion industry and transform it to be positive and of course customers well not customers people uh, needs to be the main driver because world is people and people is the world so i mean there is a connection there that we need mm. to understand did you have a personal wake up call for sustainability what what made this important for you? In my case, before years that I had become, I was working for Inditex. And the wake up on sustainability came one day when I was in China and I was in a top floor of my hotel and I didn't see the street because it was uh, cloudy of contamination of pollution. And I remember that again, I called my, my husband and I started crying because I didn't see the, the street and and that was the wake call for sustainability in my case. I don't know Anna's. Well, I think that it's it's a lot of things on that. It's it's because the the problems of climate change is real and we need to care about it because otherwise what do you tell to your kids? Oh no, what are you are doing or you right now we have we have the key and we have the challenge to to start do something because it's it's very easy to to do nothing and mm -hmm. and it's our responsibility to start doing something about it and and at least trying trying and and yeah and, and do things better all right that seems like a great thought to kind of conclude this part of the conversation but up next uh, it's off the grid questions where we get to know both of our guests on a more human level <laughs> right after this Entrepreneurista, a woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures, reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entrepreneurista podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurstapodcast.com. 
it's time for questions off the grid with fashion is your business all right uh this is our final segment which means it's time for Natalia to be chewing on her <laughs> snack. I caught you, Natalia. I'm like, no, it's okay. don't ask me a question. I hope that, that the, the wheel doesn't come to you first. That's all I have to say. It just could. So uh, this is off the grid questions, which means it's time for questions that are a little more off the grid, a little more personal in nature. And um, to determine the order of the questions, we spin our giant wheel of grid destiny. So I'm going to give the wheel a spin. And the first question comes to <laughs> Natalia. Are you kidding me? I'm just like sipping on water right now. <laughs> okay. Just the way to, I can't but I'm help ready with my wheel. question, so it's All good. Right. I, can't, I, I still can't, have some pieces of food I, in I my mouth. I can't help where the wheel lands. That's <laughs> true. It's a random spin. Okay, so I'm just going to be keep chewing and asking the question. <laughs> okay. So guys, I have lived in, I'm, I kind of like, plugged myself away from New York City for a couple of years in order to come back and see how different it is here in the U.S. in terms of understanding of sustainability and um, overall consciousness level. For a lot of reasons, I'm rushing myself understanding that I don't have so much social programming in order to kind of like keep me in the um, consumer's perspective. I would love to hear your perspectives on how this sustainability thing came up to you. I know it's like out of question sustainability, but personally, can you share certain moments of mm, your realizations of what is important for you in terms of values and how that translates into your day-to-day work? I think again, and and I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself, but I think that all the facts and 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 give the answer about what is sustainability because probably for you it's. It's it's not the same for you than for me or, right. or, or for Mark. I mean, uh, probably for you, so being sustainable, it's care about water or or maybe about the transport. Or there are a lot of things about right. what is sustainability. Is it ethical? I think that it's a balance and it's a lot of things about it. So I think that the important thing is just to try to be rational and, and to put numbers there and also keep learning about all the technology, about sustainability, a lot of resources, all the changes that it's happening right now in Europe in terms of innovation and and try to be there, but always putting the rational part in terms of, of numbers and, and comparative because no one knows about what is sustainability about. I love how you're like putting in the numbers part in it to like sell a little bit up your company. I'm <laughs> sorry. I it. it is a lifestyle, yeah. but also it's important to know the details behind it. What about you, Alba? Uh, I think that the conscious, I don't know why, but I think it's cultural, but maybe in Europe we live with less. We like this concept idea of mm. less is more, mm-hmm. minimal. I am not feeling this here. I mean, I think that here is just completely the other part, not the, the excess part, the, the excessive part of everything. I mean, you go to the street and there are lights, there is colors, there is a lot of things. I think that there... We manage another kind of luxury for us. It's more like the minimal stuff, the less is more stuff, mm-hmm. and it it gives us maybe more 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 conscious. I don't know. I have this I have this feeling, but I should say that I am not completely agree with you. I mean, I think that here you are you are having super good initiatives, very good people and professional who is working big towards sustainability, and I don't think that one is better than the other. I think that it's just a way of 
doing things differently. Definitely. Definitely agree with you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Another spin of the wheel. And the next question comes to me. See what happens there, <laughs> Natalia? Um, so my question is, is, is this your, this is not your first time in New York? Is this your first time in New York? No. no. You've been here a number of times. So every time you come to New York, now that you've been here multiple times, what is something that you need to experience while you're here from a from a, a visitor standpoint, a tourist standpoint? Well, I this week I I felt like home. So mm. I yeah, I I really enjoy just to walk around any direction. Well, yes, meeting directions uh, and running and rush, but um actually I, I I feel like home and 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 yes, I I really love it, New York. So what, when you're here, each time you come here, now that it's home, what's something you have to go do? You say, oh, I'm going to be in New York again. I have to go do this thing or I have to go to this restaurant or I have to go to this shop or I have to have this experience. Yeah, I, I didn't have really time to, to, to explore. Uh, this is my second time in New York. Uh, it's not a lot, but um, I know it's very it's very inspiring. Any any place, any restaurants, any museum, it's just it's us. So it's not uh, any direction. So. Okay, I have some addresses in Chinatown to give you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you For me, it's not a place or a restaurant. Actually, I mean, there are a few that maybe I like, but it's not that. Um, one of the things that I like and I try to do, it's maybe walking one hour alone with some music in Barcelona. I always walk and I put some, so always I have the Spotify on and definitely feeling this like uh, I am at home because New York, I think that as Anna was saying, has this capability, no, to, 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 you feel like home, but putting more efforts there and just walking with your music and maybe for an hour or so. This week, uh, we've been able to do that one day, one day, Anna, and one, you, and you, you without music, but <laughs> walking alone and feeling that experience now that you are just yeah. walking in the city. This is a thing. That- it's a great way to discover New York. Well, really anywhere, but New York is really a, a just because you never know around the next corner what you're going <laughs> to see. It's, it's, a, it's a really good adventure. And I tell you, my wife and I often will go down to the West Village and do that. And I can't – every time we go, no matter what, there's always new discoveries. There's always some if you new just keep store. walking. Yeah, yeah, you never know. So, cool. Your favorite one is closed. There's yeah. another cool one right yeah, around the corner. This, this no is a thing that actually one of our colleagues this week was, was, was telling us that you don't have time for nostalgic in New York. I mean, you go to your – favorite restaurant and then your restaurant is not there so I know know. (laughs) one time um, we went to one of our favorite restaurants and it was open and we walked in and it was the same as it always was and we sat down and we looked at the menu we said wow they really changed the menu I'm really (laughs) disappointed they don't have the old stuff and then we realized after a while it wasn't the same restaurant anymore. It was a totally different. We never noticed the sign had changed. And they don't change the design. They didn't design. change the decor yeah. at all. Yeah. And yeah. We were just, it was so odd. Anyway. Yeah, I had a subway conversation about that with Live Bait. Um, <laughs> really? Where Live Bait is now Flat Tire. Oh, really? Flat Change or something like okay. that. Okay. And um, exact same decor. Horrible food. It is like it's a terrible place to be now. <laughs> but um, we had gone to it every single week for two three years and not knowing it had... and no and then at the oh. end when it changed like we we realized it had changed because the menu looked like we were in williamsburg <laughs> <And> it <laughs> went from means. like huge portions of southern food <laughs> to oh, yeah. like 
ate asparaguses wrapped in cilantro or something. You know, like <laughs> just a completely different menu. Uh, All right. Yeah. And another spin of the wheel. And it has come to Charles. Oh, dear. Well, uh, I'm curious about Barcelona and uh, what one would do there if if one was there and wanting to avoid tourists. Wow. <laughs> How about tourists? Where do you go in Barcelona if you're a tourist and you don't like other tourists? Ah, oh, wow. Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, Charles is saying, what, is, what does he want to do when he goes to Barcelona? Yeah, probably you can, you can, you can call me and then we can just walk all over. Oh, wait, no. Um, there are a lot of places in Barcelona. I, I really love Barcelona and it's not full of tourists. So of course, there are some areas with... A lot of tourists, but um, there are really nice places with another neighborhoods that it's it's nice as well. I I live in the neighborhood that's called Gracia, that uh, you are welcome to to be there with some tapas and some wine. That it's it's really good just walking around the square and yeah, easy is it going mm. yes. I would say maybe just one of the good things about Barcelona. It's it's just small, actually. So you can go walking around. So definitely I would say one, just walk, 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 walk. Cover all the little streets around Gracia or maybe if you go to Elborn, which is quite touristic, then you can go to the right side, which is not so touristic, for example. We have also good bookstores. Actually, there is one which I really like, which is called La Central, which is in Carre Mallorca. And there they have a cafe there where you can just have a coffee, go to some concert, maybe, I don't know. I I don't feel like Barcelona is a very touristic city, actually. I don't know why, but because, maybe so because big, I live right? there. But that's the pen of the zone. Yeah. But that definitely the weather in Barcelona is amazing. So, um you will enjoy for sure. It's the only other city I've ever felt comfortable in. It's so interesting, though, that you say you don't feel it's like a no. tourist city. When, when it's actually one of the cities in yeah. the world it that's, is, that's it is. the most a victim of over-tourism. And actually, it's funny because I live near Rambla Catalunya, which is one of the biggest streets in Barcelona, but I don't, I don't feel the tourists. I don't know. That's so interesting. Well, the city you, you... design was really well done. Yeah. Like yeah. When, when they blocked it into the nine-block corridors or whatever where you have the streets that go through and then you have all the walking areas down in like the ninth which, in the, which neighborhood in the old quarter yeah like right off the gothic yeah in the gothic quarter, yeah. right off the ramba yeah. yeah there's all those areas where the speed limit is like one mile an hour and you can just walk yeah i feel like that spreads the people out so you don't get the same like yeah like the crowded feel, feel you, yeah. yeah, like in Broadway mm. in New York. No. I, I don't go there, right? No. Like it's it's a horrible <laughs> yeah. experience. But yeah. here in Barcelona, the place that where you don't have to go, it's maybe Portal del Angel, and maybe it's that street. This yeah. is the one that it's fully crowded. The other, more or less, I mean, you go a little yeah. bit walking and you feel like you are alone. More well, but <laughs> yeah. there are a lot of places that that you can yeah. go there. Definitely. Yeah. All right, one final meaningless spin of the Wheel of Good Destiny. I'm hoping you'll... Oh, and it does land on Rob. How fortunate. Wow, that was <laughs> lucky. I'd wonder, like, what's a food that when you eat it, it reminds you of childhood? Rob, I have to tell you, that childhood is a really questions. good original question. Yes. Like, you have to understand, every almost every show we've ever done, Rob asks something related to childhood. Yep. And that is a genuinely new and interesting question. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thank you. What's well, a food? Sorry, I didn't... What's a food that reminds you of your childhood? Oh. Wow. 
Well, probably Mikados, that ones that I that my mom bought. Um, no, um, I don't know. I will say, it, um, yeah, it's the, the, the pasta that my grandma made every Tuesday. Yeah, mm. it's a pasta, yes. Bolognese. My parents were very young when 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 I born, so I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's fathers and mothers and I remember from my father's uh, grandmother's the macaroni which I never took another macaroni like hers and from my mother's uh, grandma the way she boiled uh, the, be the the veggies and, and the fish I mean it's unique I mean you when you go there uh, it's the kind of, of cuisine that, 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 that she does actually it's it's incredible because we really we, in my grandmother's house we do believe that everything is going on in the kitchen. So we are like very big family. Yeah. Every time having dinner just in the kitchen with this boiled fish and the boiled veggies and this is the what reminds me my my childhood. Very good. The power of pasta, I guess, and macaroni, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and of course, fish and vegetables. You make me want all of that. By the way, I'm yeah. can't wait. As you reflect on this conversation and and you think about the topics that we've talked about, do you have any final thought that you might like to leave with the listener? Hmm. Uh, for me, it's one of my big thoughts that we are the decisions we make. So every decision that we make since the first time we open our eyes day by day, has an importance. It's important how we communicate with our friends, our family, and, and, and we need to be very careful on the decisions we make, of course, mm -hmm. uh, taking uh, this decision-making in the professional side. And, of course, this incredible, it's more uh, important when I feel that it's more important now that I am a mother, and for me it's very important the decisions that I do every day with my son, Otto. Kids don't miss anything. Don't miss anything. And it's very important. We have a huge responsibility on them. So decisions and yeah. responsibility. Very nice. Well, um, I think that it's the change are, are not easy. It's not immediately. So it's not one day to the other. I think that it's a long trip. And the next five years will be very challenging for all of us. And and it's it's exciting for for the industry and for the entrepreneurs as well, um, to see what's gonna happen the next month, the next year, and and the next five years. But I think that it's it's not immediately, and we we need it's a lot of things to do. Well, as people watch you over the next five years or more, uh, how can people connect with you? How can they watch you? How how can they follow you? Yeah. <laughs> so you can you you can follow become through Instagram. You you will find the the this language this design language that we were talking about how we make digestible. We are we are trying to do efforts there. You can find us on become b c o m e underscore conscious. Great. Also Twitter, which is become conscious but without underscore. And of course through our email, uh, my personal email it's alba a l b a at uh, B-C-O-M-E dot com. No, sorry. It was my, this is not my Gmail. No. <laughs> it's very so You're not allowed to email yourself. Is okay, really you can, you can write me. My, my email is, it's Anna with double N at becomestudio altogether dot com. Without second E. B-C-O-M-E. We, we need to work harder Instagram, on, you guys. How we, <laughs> on how we spell our name because it's not easy. 
Cool. Yeah, thank, thanks, the Instagram trust. is really cool, by the way. Really yeah, it's nice. super cool Instagram. So digestible, so clean. Becomestudio.com. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Like the email, right? <laughs> yeah, like the email. Gotcha. All right, Anna Canadal and Alba Garcia. Yes. Uh, see? That's yes. like I live in Spain. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome, Natalia. You're right. Barcelona. <laughs> she, I was saying, uh, yes. I was saying how she said it. It's wonderful. Right way. I Thank love you. it so much. That's it. That's it. That's it. I know. Um, and by the way, I should say, historically on this show, I can't say anyone's name. It's just a, a problem I have. Yeah. So it's amazing <laughs> that it happened. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm glad that we were able to cap off your visit to New York with this fun experience. Uh, great to meet you both. And best of luck. It really does sound like you're not just doing something cool, not just something that can build a great business. Mm-hmm. But I, I dare to say something important. And uh, and I hope that it just keeps... I hope that you become everything you want become <laughs> to become. You. Thank so, you very much. You're welcome. So, um, <laughs> see what I did there, Rob? Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Anyway, uh, thank you very much and best of luck. That's it for this episode of Fashion Is Your Business. Well, let me get a deep breath here. For Charles Beckwith. Yo. Natalia Makalova. Goodbye. Rob Sanchez. Good night, y'all. I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2020. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.